we're going to do a, uh, something a little bit different with uh, Senator Roberts. He, um, he has a very unique background uh, here in Mobile. Senator Roberts is a, uh, by all intents and purposes, a, a percussionist. I think that would be the okay. proper word for it. So, All right. Yes. He, um, just to give a little bit of background, I'm going to give him a brief background and let you uh, do the, the rest of the honors. Senator Roberts' connection with South Alabama is he was instrumental. He was an um, Alabama state representative as well as a state senator from 70 to 74. That's correct. During that time, he was instrumental in securing funding for the College of Medicine here at South. Uh, if you happen to have a uh, 50 anniversary book of South, I don't remember what page number. Page 172, I have it memorized. Page 172 <laughs> is a bio of him and his connection to South. So again, it's an honor to have you here again. Uh, but it's his music background here in Mobile that I want to talk about and I want him to talk with us about because he was a musician in Mobile during the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, and still today he plays uh, in Mobile with various musicians, but I'm interested in the in the uh, music connection with the community. And as such, during this time of the 50s, 60s, 70s, there's a lot of turmoil going on in Mobile. Um, desegregation, segregation. There was a lot of social, racial issues that the music experience in Mobile seemed to kind of. Uh, not be affected by. And we'll talk some about that, why that is, and why you believe that is. But that's what uh, we're going to uh, do today is focus on Senator Roberts' background. So for just for today, I'm going to call you Bill. Is that good? You did. You're, you're, you're Bill the Drummer. Bill the Drummer. Bill the Drummer. Bebop. Bebop. There you go. Is that what you go by? Is that your that's point? what I've been called. Okay, Bebop. I'm so, not sure that was a complimentary, but that was a... <laughs> Well, why don't you uh, start back, you know, what got you into music, and we'll go from there. Well, I, I've always, I say always, I know from, from the sixth grade at mm -hmm. Old Shell Road School, I, uh, I was in, interested in music. They came around selling instruments. I wanted to, mother said, what, do you, what would you like? And I said, I, I like the trumpet. And of course the man said, you have an overbite, you, you can't play the trumpet, you need to play the clarinet. That, well, needless to say, I never took to the clarinet. And I was fifth man in a four man uh, band, <laughs> chair. Uh, but uh, during my late teens, early teens rather, I, um, I, I morphed into an interest, uh, bought a pair of sticks and a, and a little pad, drum pad. And uh, one Christmas, my parents gave me a, a set of drums. And that kind of, so I was, I think I was prepared mentally mm -hmm. for uh, when I was a freshman at uh, Murphy High School. Uh, I went to a party at the, at the uh, this was in the early 80s. Uh, no, the early 50s. <laughs> early 50s. Um, let's don't date it. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's don't get carried away. <laughs> but the uh, I went to a, a party probably in 55, 54, somewhere in there. And um, and I walked in. It was a big building at the uh, mouth of Fowl River. And I walked in and heard the band play. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I said, who who is that? And someone said, that's... Wayman Dixon and the Castanets, uh, a black group uh, that uh, played out of Club Harlem that uh, was out on uh, out in Buckheads uh, in, in what is now the city of Pritchard, it was then. And uh, 
so I gravitated to the stage and right. and this man here uh, his name was John Starks uh, he, he just died uh, in March of this year and uh, he was playing drums and I, I think it's fair to say that was a, a, a transformational time for me because I followed this man around for the next four years. I said, where are you playing? His nickname was uh, Jabbo. Every, everyone called him Jabbo or Jab. And uh, he was given that moniker when he was a child. And so I would follow him around. He never gave me a lesson mm -hmm. or... Uh, or anything, I would ask him questions from time to time as to how he tuned a drum or what he did on certain things. He was not into rudiments. Right. He, was, he was into feeling it. He had this saying that if, if you can't feel a song, you can't really play it right. So no flammer cues or paradiddles. No, <laughs> no paradiddles, no daddy mammy rolls, right. uh, and that kind of thing. And and I never was good at that. I never did practice it. Now there is, there are some drummers in Mobile, one in particular that plays for the group we'll talk about in a minute, that is uh, the best a rudiment person I know, and that's right. Leon Roden. Right. He's the drummer for uh, for the Excelsior Band. We'll and, talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, in a few minutes. But anyway, back back to, to uh, John Starks, Jabbo. I followed him around and I watched him. I made terrible grades at uh, Murphy because <laughs> I would do my homework. I'd come home in the afternoons and probably sit in three, four, five hours trying right. to do something that I saw him do. Don't feel so bad. I think you've done well. <laughs> well, <laughs> up to I'm, I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. But but he was a, he was a he was a, uh, in, a great influence on mm -hmm. me. I was, he later took me to, uh, and this is during the 50s, as you mentioned, when we had the Jim Crow laws and the, and the segregation and all of these uh, things that were not good. And, um, but he invited me to Club Harlem. I got to know Tom Couch, who was mm -hmm. the owner. Right. And uh, he would, he is was he very gracious. Uh, he died some time ago, okay. but he, he was a great guy. He had this mustache that covered his whole face, and he smoked <laughs> a cigar that uh, was larger than Churchill's cigar. Right. You can yeah. you can picture that. But he was very good to us. Uh, even let us we would sit in from time to time, and mm -hmm. on a couple of occasions we even took our, our our little group out, okay. such as it was. But that was a great influence on me, and I, and I would have them in my home mm -hmm. and this this was a time uh as i said back in the in the early and mid 50s when um uh the black music uh, rhythm and blues was starting to filter in to the white audiences mm -hmm. particular particularly people my age young right. young people and of course it just uh, to me music was a is a is an international language and right. and it helped overcome some of these onerous uh, laws that were on the books. So well, it, not not just in Alabama, but in many places. Yeah, well, nationally, internationally. Nationally. I mean, it, it, and the reason why I'm, I was interested in, in your in, in bringing you here and talking about the music scene in the community in, in Mobile, particularly, is that music seems to transcend those social issues. Indeed it does. And because, yeah. I mean, bottom line is, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether what your race, your religion, your creed, your political affiliation, if you have the chops, you're in. You are. And 
it doesn't matter whether you, as I mentioned, it's an international language. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're red, yellow, black, or white in terms of, your, of, of skin color or cultural background or whatever. It is, uh, it bring, it, for example, we had uh, nine uh, members in, in the group that we, the best group that we had. Mm -hmm. And if those nine people don't come together, it doesn't matter whether they're their their skin is red or yellow or black or white or whatever working together it becomes a little community right. of of three or four or six or eight mm -hmm. ten whatever have the members many members you may have and no one's concerned about the differences right. uh, we all come together as one and that's what community is right. you know mm -hmm. as we've said in prior uh, discussions, uh, the diversity will not make community, right. but you can't have community without without, without diversity. diversity. That's right. right. And I, th I don't know of any better metaphor or example for that than uh, music. Right. Right. And uh, and this man, uh, and I told him this the last time we had lunch. He died in in March of this year. But I told him that uh, you need to hear this, that you had a great influence on me. Mm. And uh, it, it, was a, it, it, was a, it was a transformation for me in a positive sense. Right. And we never talked about race, uh, or if we did, uh, we deplored the, the situation as it was in the mm -hmm. 50s. And, uh, and of course, it's we've made leaps and bounds. We're not there yet, but uh, we're getting there. Do you have any Do you have any recollections or memories of, of situations where uh, where race did seem to want to try to get its claws around the, the, the musicians, and and the musicians didn't allow it, or well, situations let, that were maybe uncomfortable. Right, uh, Reinhold Niebuhr, the uh, German. I think he was German, it may have been Swiss, I think he was German, wrote a book called The Children of Light and the Children of Darkness. And uh, we, we always have the children of darkness with us. My theory is there are a great many more children of light than children of darkness. Mm -hmm. But you cannot, if we're using uh, music as a metaphor for life, mm -hmm. you cannot have a product, a song, are consistently good music without everyone becoming a child of light right. and everyone working together and and overcome the barriers that we erect right. all the barriers there are no curses there are no no real barriers other than ones we we erect in our minds right. and and music has a tendency to quickly overcome those barriers right. and that's and that's, that's, that's one of the beauties of it, right. you know. We, uh, you, we mentioned earlier about the Excelsior Band. That was, uh, it been going on since 1883. Old it's group. It's an old group, uh, played uh, marches in Mardi Gras, I, I guess, to this day. About 75 to 85% of the, of the uh, parading societies mm -hmm. uh, have the Excelsior Band marching. Okay. Them, yeah. Well, uh, what I want, what I like for you to do, we're gonna, we'll put a picture up uh, of that that uh, Bill's looking at here. But I want him to talk a little bit about the members 
of, of the Excelsior Band? Well, it, of course, it's, it's morphed over the years. It right. goes all the way back to, uh, the, as you say, right. the 1883. Uh, uh, I know some of the members now. Uh, Mr. Ward, trombone player, was in his uh, early, I think, early 80s. He just died. Mm -hmm. uh, a magnificent musician. Um, the leader of the group now is a, is a trumpet player by the name of Jose London. Right. Uh, the drummer is a close, close friend of mine. We spend a lot of time together just uh, uh, playing the drums, or he, he teaches me about mm -hmm. time and rudiments. And, um, uh, is, and he's in this picture we're looking at here, uh, the magnificent saxophonist, uh, Theodore Arthur Jr., right. who has played with a number of uh, well-known artists such as Bobby Bland, mm -hmm. and he's recorded with he recorded with BB King. Did a uh, program recently up in Mississippi uh, uh, about BB uh, King, and uh, played with Joe Tex, Joe Simon, a number of of, uh, of artists. Uh, he and I have jammed together, and he's a uh, wonderful musician, and. And I know some of the others mm -hmm. less well, but right. they are they're a magnificent group of musicians. Right. There's not a bad one in the group. Well, what we'll do uh, is uh, I'll put a, I've got a couple of pictures that I can uh, put in at this time. But we have a music uh, clip, a very short clip, and uh, we'll uh, put that in now and just listen to a few seconds of the Excelsior Band and, and of what they did yes, that's and, that's, while, while we go through some pictures. I think that Let me say, let me say something about the man. I'm back to John Starks, Jabbo. Jabbo. Um, anyone that would like a copy of this, they were representatives for Yamaha, who makes some drums. Or, yeah, a, a number of instruments. And uh, this is something that any musician or anyone who loves music as much as we do, you've been. Uh, You've been, you haven't mentioned that you're a, a guitarist. Yeah, we've and jammed a, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. right. And um, so anyone that is interested in this and the history of this, Mobile has, has produced a number of outstanding musicians, uh, usually side men that mm -hmm. most people outside of music circles uh, are not aware of, but uh, we've had a number mm -hmm. of musicians. Uh, Fred Wesley here, a trombone player who was James Brown's music director, right. and, uh, um, and Theodore Arthur, and right. any number of others that, uh, that are out of Mobile. So we, Mobile has produced, a, uh, in proportion to its size, a, mm -hmm. a, a, a number of great musicians. Right. To be that's something for us to be proud of, yeah. So, so the band you were in, uh, let, let's talk about there. You, you played with one of the uh, Craddock? Uh, uh, Charlie Graddock? Uh, uh, Charlie Graddock, who was uh, <clears throat> just retired as a mm -hmm. pr presiding circuit judge uh, of the Mobile Court, uh, who was also a, a district attorney here mm -hmm. in Mobile. Uh, he was attorney general and, and ran for governor. Actually won the popular vote, uh, but that's another story for another time. How did that happen? Well, <laughs> just it's a story for <laughs> another story time. time. Yeah, yeah, right. But at any rate, his I say that because I was close to the Graddock family mm -hmm. and, and Charlie 
But his older brother, Julian, right. was, our, uh, was our lead vocalist, and he was a magnificent vocalist, and he had the stage presence, he had the charm and the charisma. They said that uh, the ladies would throw their keys up on the stage. <laughs> they never threw them to the drummer. I never got any You're keys, exactly. right? I'm in the back, and right. I'm not sure anyone was impressed anyway. Yeah. But anyway, he was a great vocalist. Lived for music. He loved doing it, and he was so very good at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he died early uh, from prostate cancer. But he was, uh, he and I were very close. When we traveled on the road, we would always stay to, mm -hmm. together in the same hotel room. Right. Well, what were some of the, uh, you know, as we talk about the 50s and 60s, in Mobile specifically, what, why do you think music was able, other than what we've talked about, if you don't have, the, you know, if you had the chops, you were in. But, but what was it about the musicians that you, that, that they didn't get involved in the, what was going on in the, in the, the community? The civil rights yeah. Uh, issues. Yeah. They overlooked it. I mean, it was not, uh, we hardly ever discussed it. Uh, back in the, in the 50s when I, when I would have the, uh, the castanets, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Jabo and uh, other members of the band over my home, um, uh, you know, at that time, uh, the Klan was even, the Ku Klux Klan was, were still burning crosses. In, right. in fact, uh, the Donald, Mike, I think it was Michael Donald, who uh, that's generally considered the last uh, lynching, if that's the word you want to use. Um, uh, and when Marsh Dees, the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, ended up confiscating what the Klan had left. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that, that's kind of the watershed mark of, uh, of, the, of the end of the Klan. Right. Uh, and, they were turning crosses out Westmobile into the 70s. Yes, you, to, you told me that, and, yeah. and they were. Yeah. You, you're right, and, I, and I'm not sure that that mindset, right. that mindset never disappears. Right. It may show up in the, Man, in the uh, German, in the uh, social, I mean, the, what is it, the National, National German, right. National Socialist yeah. German, German Workers' Party right. or the United Soviet, uh, Socialist run, Soviet Republic. They run candidates every year. They do. <laughs> Indeed, they do. So the mindset is the same, right. whether it's the Klan or whether it's uh, a communist or the Nazis or whatever. It's the mindset, the children of darkness that we, we talked about early. But I would say the, uh, the, the music has a way of weeding those people out very quickly because you can't cooperate and bring together 10 or 15 or 20 people or three people, you can't bring them together to produce a single song or set of music without that kind of cooperation. Right. And you know that as right, a musician right. yourself. You know, and we even talked about how, how the music provides that clarity yes. in something as simple as uh, when uh, McCartney and uh, Stevie Wonder wrote about yes. Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, that's Black and white one. keys on a keyboard. Precisely. Black and white notes on a, on a piece of music. It transcends Everything. all those issues. All those negative issues. All those negative issues. Yes, and so you, you have to kind of hope that that music and those musicians working together provides hope. 
for that, the fact that we can accomplish things in the community, even if it is at the local level, and it's encouraging because we know what it was like in Mobile in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and uh, in, in the music industry, the music industry wasn't affected by that. No, no. In, in fact, on the contrary, I right. think it contributed to the demise of that, right. uh, those laws and mm -hmm. that mindset. Uh, you had a whole generation, uh, my generation and, and, and others uh, after, that were uh, the music transcend that, mm -hmm. those negative uh, aspects, whether it, it expressed itself in a law, mm -hmm. a segregation law, or expressed itself in disrespect one-on-one. Right. -on -one. Musicians have to, uh, really, to have a solid group. Everyone has to respect themselves. Mm -hmm. That's true of society as a whole. Right. Uh, the first thing is, like, like Paul says in Roman, is you first do no harm, and mm -hmm. Secondly, you, uh, uh, if you abide by the uh, love your neighbor as well as yourself, you've complied with all of the, the so-called right. law. But that's what makes things work. Mm -hmm. or, or, and if you don't do that, they don't work. And I don't know of any other uh, field of human endeavor where that's truer than, than, than it is in music. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I would put music up as the, as the um, poster a child, if that's the right mm -hmm. definition, of overcoming this, uh, these so-called differences that right. we put up between us. Right. Yeah. And, and, and if you, I'm going to try to relate this back to the course now, uh, uh, as as is probably my responsibility a little bit. It is. Uh, but what, in the in the course, we talk about how people are the greatest assets of a community, and that's all there is. Right. And, and and so you first you need mutual respect, you need open communications, yes. and that mutual respect is essential in problem solving approaches no to, question, to be able to do no that. Question and, about it. Yeah. And when you have, and when the people are musicians, in this in the case that we're talking about now, just just the the way they look at the world, the way they look at themselves, and the respect they have of others solves the problem. Whether it's learning a new piece of music or how to figure out how to, to be in the same room together when you're, 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 you're of different color or different creed. Yeah, they work it a out. different background, yeah. whatever. The mutual respect works it out. Exactly. And I've said before in, in these, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, these discussions we've right. had, which are to be invaluable. I want to thank you for the opportunity to participate. Um, you, relationships are everything. In right. fact, in, in my view of things, it's all there is, right. is relationships. Uh, you, you see that whether you're in, in politics, government, uh, education, uh, business, nowhere is it expressed better than in music. Right. And um, so, you can, if we want to boil it down to its simplification, it's people. I, I think the word politics has taken on a, a, a toxic uh, uh, overtone. But you know, originally it came from the, the Greek word, and my Greek's not good, so you're going to have to bear with me, those that are in the <laughs> language department. Um, it's either polis or politis, right. a Greek word which, uh, where we derive politics from, which means citizen of the city. Right. And uh, we're all 
citizens, and uh, the, the, the coin of the realm is respect, uh, love as it's defined um, by extending yourself mm -hmm. for others without expecting anything in return. Right. You know, it's interesting, uh, the, uh, the, the term quid pro quo is one we used often in, in, in Montgomery and in Washington in government. Uh, originally, it's taken on a, a, a bad connotation. Right, right. Like it's a, uh, if you'll I'll scratch your back. Only, I'll only scratch your back if, if you scratch, scratch mine. mine. Right. Originally, it meant we help each other. We right. work together, mm -hmm. uh, which, of course, music is the classic example of that. Right. And uh, so that makes community. Right. That, that is what community is. Mm -hmm. And without that, you, there is a difference between disagreement and disapproval. Right. Uh, we can disagree on things, but we, we can't disrespect or disapprove or judge right. others. Right. We can disagree, and there's a fine line right. in there that we have to, that uh, I think uh, we're called upon to yeah. try to delineate. I think one of the underlying um, um, foundations of, of what, what you're talking about there is the idea of empathy. And walking, you know, walking, you walking a mile in somebody else's shoes. Well, that mutual respect, you have to have that to be to be empathetic. And and I've said this in, in my teaching philosophy. I've said it in, in quite a number of, of, of areas where that lack of empathy is what drives a lot of whether it's political, even even economic, uh, social issues. Of, of today is that lack of empathy for your fellow man or fellow woman or you know your fellow human. That's right, Eric. You say it often and you say it yeah. well. Uh, I, I, when I when I hear the word empathy, I think of uh, uh, Captain G.M. Gilbert. He was a psychiatrist or psychologist that was uh, when they had the Nuremberg trials. I think it was 24 of the uh, Nazis from the Third Reich that they put mm -hmm. on trial, people like uh, Goering and, uh, and Hess and right. Hans Frank and those folks. Uh, and his mission was to try to find what they might have in common uh, that would make them systematically murder 12 million people uh, by, by gassing them. And uh, when he made his report to the colonel, he said, I'm not sure that I accomplished my mission because I, I only found out one thing that they all had in common. And of course, Colonel said, and what is that, Captain? He said, um, the absence of empathy. They all exhibited the absence of empathy for the other. Yeah. And he said, I've come to adopt that as my definition of evil, wow. is the absence of empathy. And you, you say that quite often, yeah. and that triggers that, right. that story uh, when you say that. Yeah. I studied history here at the University of South Alabama. So, so you have a. So, what's your what's your saying that you like to tell everybody about your educational background? Well, it's on page one seventy-two right. <laughs> that I have the I have the best of both worlds. I have a an Auburn uh, uh, education and uh, Auburn degree and a University of South Alabama education. Go Jags! Yeah, go Jags! <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I I just want to thank you for uh, talking with us today. I think. Uh, your, your unique situation shows that uh, there are ways in the community to solve problems, whatever they may be, whether it's economic, political, social, 
uh, whether it has to do with health care, which uh, we didn't even get into the discussion mm -hmm. of of uh, Senator Roberts and your background in health care, which we've had you before. Right, your main, right, we've yes. had you on talking about health care. But whether it's the school system, engaging in youth, which I talked with Ben Harper the other day with the Mobile Symphony, they have a lot of initiatives engaging youth at an early age through music. And so music is a great avenue for the community. If, if nothing else works, Try music. Try music, you know, right. That's what I have to say. Even if you don't play. Right. Even if you don't you play. You can support it's it. It's the rare person right. that doesn't respond right. to these vibrations yep. uh, on the eardrum that translates into right. something beautiful. That's right. Uh, That's right. Uh, in, the, in the brain. Okay. But I want to thank you for uh, the opportunity to participate. We, we have a relationship both here mm -hmm. and, and uh, uh, outside of here, and, right. I, and I value that, and I value the... Uh, being able to participate here, okay. hope to do that with some some live classrooms at some well, point, so we can have dialogue. Yes, yeah, so we'll. Uh, as I said, this is the first time I've been working with uh, the, with Jag Media, which uh, I want to thank uh, Colby Johnson, who is the general manager here, and for, Heather uh, for and, and Heather Stanley for helping us out and, and getting us this building this relationship as you talked about right. uh, with uh, the the Department of Integrated Studies. Uh, that's it for today. If I may yes. add, if, if anyone would like to, uh, uh, to talk with, with me, mm -hmm. I would make myself available to get a copy of this uh, or to talk about health care, government, mm -hmm. politics, communications, the things that I've had an opportunity and right. privilege to be involved with mm -hmm. over the years. Okay. Thank you. That's a good advertisement. Thanks, Indeed. Bill. Thank you. <laughs>